Hello and welcome back to Relate with Elevate. We are so glad that you pushed play and chose to listen today. If you have never listened to one of our podcasts, we hope that you can relate with some of the conversation that we're having today with Steph Montez. Um, Elevate Wellness is a mainly a physical therapy clinic. I am a physical therapist. However, over the last two years, we have also grown into several different uh, healthcare and wellness offerings, um, which main goal is to really be able to love people well, be able to offer them expertise and services that can better their health and their overall wellness in many different aspects, but also just to have everybody who walks through our doors and who interacts with us uh, leave feeling heard and loved um, and hopefully helped. So if you um, haven't heard of us, you can find us on Instagram at elevatewellness.llc. Um, and we'd love for you to check us out and check out uh, kind of what we're up to lately. We are having uh, most recently a Celebrate to Elevate event coming up on April 13th, where we are trying to raise funds for a local committee, Beautify McCook, that is uh, trying to do several projects around downtown McCook right now, kind of their spearheading downtown planters, which are going to be on the corner of each um, block downtown on the bricks with all uniform um, designs in them so that it helps just make the downtown area more cohesive and welcoming to anyone who visits our community. So if you are local and you would like to attend that, that's April 13th at the Copper Mill and you can find more info on our Instagram and Facebook pages with that. But This podcast that you're about to listen to, we actually recorded about six weeks ago, and it is with Steph Montez, which you'll hear all about her and uh, her story about um, her choosing to incorporate more of her faith into her daily work. And that is kind of where the conversation went as far as why I chose Elevate and why Elevate exists and what it believes in too, is just to be able to love people well and to not to go along with the standard business models that is sometimes known in the business world today. So when we got done with this podcast, both of us had texted back and forth saying that we just felt not great about how fluid it was. We felt like it was very choppy and our words didn't always flow right. And we kind of went off on tangents about things. So we didn't feel like it was our best work. And I was listening to a podcast this weekend that just really encouraged me. And while I said it was the podcast, I do feel like it was the Holy Spirit just saying, you know, even though your words don't always come perfect, you don't always you know, say the right things. There's always a good message to be heard and hopefully some encouragement and uh, something that someone can learn from what we have to say. And I do feel like the conversation after listening um, back to the podcast before I released it uh, was good conversation. And I do feel like uh, we both came from a place that was um, explaining why we believe what we believe and just hopefully maybe give some people encouragement to exemplify Jesus in their workplace too, and to really uh, think about how they can show the love of God throughout their workday, throughout their interactions, um, in their nine to five job or whatever hours that you are um, working to make a living. So we hope you enjoy it. 
Um, Spotify just recently took over Anchor Podcast, so I'm just learning about this too, but I believe there will be a question and answer afterwards that's available that can give us feedback on what you thought about the podcast, which we would love to hear. Uh, We would love to get more interaction and hear from people, either things that you resonated with and that encouraged you or things you had questions about and didn't really agree with. We'd love to have open conversations. So feel free to answer the question after you get done listening, but we hope you enjoy and thanks for pushing play. Hello, everyone. We are back and we have Brittany with us. And then we also have special guest Steph Montez uh, with us who um, today we were having a separate conversation one day when she came to use the infrared sauna, <laughs> uh, which <laughs> did you love it? I loved you it. You loved it. Love okay. So everybody needs to come and use that, especially when it's negative 10 degrees out like it is today. Um, but just talking about workplace, workplace culture and what that means to us and kind of why we stepped away from the corporate world of work and have a little bit more of a um, person focused um, and also a little bit more of a Christian background to what our companies are. So I'll let Steph introduce herself, kind of tell us a little bit about who she is, um, where she's from, about her family, and then a little bit about the company that she works for now. Yeah, um, I'm Steph. (laughs) Uh, I grew up in McCook. I... uh, went to school here, graduated. I left as soon as I graduated. I was very excited to get as far away as possible. Um, went to school in Minnesota, came back, went to school in um, Omaha, met my husband, Oscar, uh, got married, and he said, we're moving back to McCook. And Omaha was the smallest city he'd ever lived in. And I said, are you sure? And he said, yes. Had he, he's been here obviously, or he, had he ever been here? He'd been here to visit and he loved it every single time. Yeah. And I was like, okay, well, I mean, sounds good. I didn't (laughs) think I'd ever be back here and we are, and I'm so thankful. So thankful. We have three kids. Um, and yeah, just doing life here. Kind of been, I feel like some people have like a five year, 10 year plan Mm -hmm. and very, stick to it and I've just kind of floated floated (laughs) floated like wherever the Lord is leading so came back I had been going to nursing school originally when I met Oscar um was just really excited to get married so graduated with a bachelor's from UNL I think it ended up being basically a general studies but they called it nonprofit administration oh so did that, came back to McCook, um, stayed at home with our older two, but always just wanted to do something to serve. And so went back to nursing school when our third was born and did that. And then my dad has sold seed for 30 plus years mm-hmm. and I'd always helped with it. And he had just offered for me to come work full time with him and we took it up took him up on it. So I've been with um, Co-Seed and Agronomy family business for three years, full time now. So Yeah, because were you a school nurse at one time? Yes. Okay. My husband told me that. He was like, did you know she used to be a school nurse? I wish we had her as a school nurse. So I was like, I don't know. <laughs> yes. And I, I love the people. I love the kids. Um, 
I don't know. It was like, it wasn't that I left because I was just didn't enjoy it. I mm-hmm. did enjoy it, but I also enjoy, I enjoy being outside. I enjoy agriculture. I grew up on a farm. Yeah. Um, so it's always been in my blood and just to be back to that was, I was very excited about it. Yeah. So. And that's a little bit similar to our story too. I guess Jeremy and I never talked about if we would ever move back to McCook. Um, My husband's from here, which most people probably know that, but we were kind of the same. If we were going to move anywhere from COZED where we started at in a hospital, I worked in a hospital-based system and he taught in the school um, as uh, alternative ed. So like the lift program, if you're familiar with McCook and just didn't find that was filling his cup. If you can imagine, it's very hard, um, which now he's a junior high PE teacher, which I can't imagine is any less difficult um, with dealing with personalities. But um, we always said if we were going to move anywhere, it would be either closer to McCook or closer to south of Lincoln. Um, and I did not want to raise my kid south of Lincoln, like in the Lincoln school system. Nothing bad, but I we wanted a smaller hometown mm-hmm. feel, which that's what we have here. Um, and I think that's probably why you guys, well, you married a farmer. Brittany. Yeah, so I did. that's why you guys are back. But yeah, I'm also from here. I think a part of me always wanted to be back. So I moved out for a while. I lived in Lincoln. I lived in Kearney. I lived in Kansas. I lived in California. Tried some different things just to kind of make sure. But I think I knew in the back of my head, like this is where I always wanted to end up. Eventually, was around here. I just I loved growing up here. I loved the opportunities that I was given and the things that I was able to be involved in. Um, and just wanted the same for my future family, as well as just being close to family. And then, yeah, it worked out really well that I married a farmer from around here whose family is from around here. And so that's just where we'll stay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think kind of segueing off of that, too, <clears throat> that was important me to practice in a small rural area as far as for my practice because... I had been on clinicals in at like Children's Hospital and Brian LGH, um, and while it wasn't a really poor environment, I also just lacked like you knowing people in the community and you seeing people that you treat, and that's why we ended up in COSAD is because I did one of my clinicals there, but also like you knew people in the community who knew other people and you felt like you were building a relationship with them. Um, so kind of where we were going with it is like the corporate versus the more patient focused or person focused business and can you kind of talk stuff on how you made that transition with the corporate to more person focused yeah so with um with the business we're in so we're um seed dealers we do seed and then we do some chemical also but um, my dad has built a business where he's had customers for over 30 years. They've been with him since the beginning. And it was, our heart has always been to help, help the farm succeed, help the growers succeed. And seed companies, just the way it has worked out, they, they get bought by bigger and bigger companies. So the company we were with, um, previously got bought out by a much bigger conglomerate, um, that seed wasn't their only focus. And so it felt like for us, our growers were not the focus of the company anymore. Um, and so when this company came out, they're family owned. It's Bex Hybrids is who we um, work with now. They're 
family owned, family operated. Um, and it was just such a breath of fresh air for us. Their values as a company aligned with ours. Um, they're not shy about what they believe and they're not shy that um, they're a Christian company. And that was important to us too, to have that aspect of it. But they're very much, their whole thing is they're farmers at heart. And that's where we are too, we're yeah. farmers at heart. So it was just a way to align. I guess I'm trying, I lost my train of thought. You aligned more with? With their values, yeah. yeah. So they were... We just felt like supported because I don't see, we sell seed, but I don't see myself as a salesperson. Mm -hmm. um, and so to be a part of a company that their whole goal is to help the farm succeed and they're looking at each individual farm, like that meant a lot to us because our customers are not all the same. Yeah, They don't all work the same. They don't all operate the same. They're individuals. And so we treat them as that and to have a company that comes along beside us and behind us and says, yes, we see the same thing. It's huge for us and they have good products. So, yeah. But, um, I do feel like it's a little bit harder path to run, to do that way. Uh, so relating it back to PT. So your seed, I feel like there's a lot of parallels with both of what we're going to talk about because as far as making the decision to switch from more corporate medicine to meaning, um, very much so it's about how many units you can get and about the overall, um, making sure of productivity and efficiency. That is one thing that was hard for me, um, because I wanted that 45 minutes to an hour that I needed with each person. And I wanted one-on-one -on -one time, um, because when people come here, it's, when people come to PT, it should be one-on-one -on -one and it should be very patient focused and everybody who has a total knee is different. It's not just a factory of we got to get your flexion and we got to push it there and we got to get it there and we got to get your extent. It's very much so taking things into multifactorial. Like, how are you sleeping? How are you coping with what's happening? Um, you know, what's your family situation like? If you're complete chaos at home and you just had a surgery or you're having pain, it's going to be a longer road. Um, to be able to take all those things into account and really focus on the person. Um, I also feel like though, when you're outwardly um, honest about what your values are, as far as like being Christian based, we've had a couple comments of people being like, well, I can't go there because all they're going to do is shove Jesus down my throat. And it's like, I've heard that from two different people um, too, as we've opened. And I feel like that's just a little bit disheartening because that's, it makes me sad to think that that's what, that's what Elevate's about is like just shoving Jesus down your throat um, because that's not, we're not here with every single person who walks in the door saying like prayers and blessings over them, but mm -hmm. it's a part of our values. And if the conversation comes up naturally with people, we'll have that conversation. But I think it's more about how we treat people that they're seen as a person and that they're treated with compassion and caring too um, versus as just, Okay, who's patient number five on my list that's walking through the door? I got half an hour with you. Let's get you in and get you out and send you on your way type of thing. Um, so I feel like there's a little bit of stigma with that. And then also, and I don't know what Beck's situation is. I also feel like financially, though, um, because we're doing things ethically and we spend more time with patients, the productivity is probably not at what a huge clinic would be. Like if I need 45 minutes with somebody, I need 45 minutes, even if 
15 of it is not billable because you spend an extra 15 minutes talking to them about how they're struggling with depression during this time. Like you can't necessarily bill for that time, but for me, it's important to have that too. Um, as well as blocking out time for podcasts. Like, I mean, we could be seeing patients during this time frame, but yeah. it's just blocking out time, more time for things that matter mm-hmm. too. So I don't know if you've seen that in as far as it's not all about pushing for sales or pushing for hitting numbers or pushing, pushing, pushing. Right. I feel like that has taken a back seat now. I feel like we were there where it was pushing and we weren't hitting them. And so it just felt like we were getting knocked for everything. Mm-hmm. And now it's, but part of that was me too. Cause with my dad wanting to retire and me taking more, stepping more into the driver's seat of everything. <clears throat> like, I don't want to, my heart is not in to sell seed just to hit units. Mm-hmm. Like I have no desire to do that. <laughs> but if, if my goal is to help a farmer succeed, help their family succeed, I am all in. Um, but yeah, we've gotten some comments too of, because Bex does a great job with their communication, with their marketing and like founded in faith. What's that mean? Like mm-hmm. who flip cares? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, And that's, that's fine. Like that's, that's where we're at. And I want to be a part of a company that they are founded in faith. Um, I feel like that also comes with some responsibility. Mm-hmm. Um, in the fact that if we're going to be vocal about we're a Christian company, these are our values, then then that permeates everything. Which was, so Oscar and I are also um, worship leaders at our church. Mm-hmm. And that was important for me too. Like I don't, I can't do one thing on Sunday morning and then do a whole different thing mm-hmm. through the other six days of the week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, worship which we've talked about it's not just a hat you put on on Sunday Mm because we talk about wearing different hats like it's it's your hat 24 7 Mm -hmm. and I needed what I was doing during the work day like I couldn't align with something that wasn't part of that yeah um so yeah it's just for me it's been a breath of fresh air um it's taught me a lot on how I communicate also because I'm a peacekeeper mm-hmm. instead of a peacemaker. So I'll just kind of passive go, aggressive. Yeah. Yeah. Not, just passively, not yeah. aggressive. Yeah. Well, but then it so much passive ends up yeah. being aggressive. Because, because you have to have hard conversations. That's yeah. one thing that I've learned. Okay, so going off of that, like just to be vulnerable, I have that's the part that there's a lot of pressure is too because we are like founded in faith as well, or that's a huge component of who we are is I've made mistakes. Like and I've hurt people you're you're gonna do that because we're all humans and we're all sinners and like I've done things or said things that have hurt people's feelings and I I would I'm learning that like it's okay that you do that but I need to take ownership for it and say I did not mean to do that and hurt your feelings but we need to talk through why that happened like to not just be like um I want to say arrogant what's the word like proud and boastful and being like you're you're the boss so you just whatever I say goes, it's that you're having vulnerability to and saying, Hey, 
I probably shouldn't have handled that like I handled it. Um, here's what my thoughts are about it and having an open conversation about it is what I hope would come from me making mistakes because the last two years have been a huge, which I'm sure you're finding out mm-hmm. too, has been a huge learning curve of you have a lot more responsibility now and the decisions and the things you do affects everybody. And if you're handling it in a Christian way or not, like that's a lot of reflection. There's been a lot of reflection, I should say, yeah. is a better um, way to say it. Um, because yeah, you have to have hard conversations too. And just like we talk about being truthful is kind, like sometimes hard, hard truths are being kind, but it still sucks having those conversations too. Um, yeah. It really did. Like I'd rather just avoid them altogether. (laughs) (laughs) I think everybody would be like, how could I fix this without having to talk about it, talk about it? Because Mm -hmm. there's times and I even feel like this right now, like my words don't flow. And so my thoughts don't match out with, you know, Mm -hmm. I don't Mm -hmm. communicate well. And so it's been a learning for me to learn how to communicate better. And I'm still learning. Um, But yeah, have those hard conversations and, eat that humble pie and it's like hey I messed up royally Mm -hmm. um what what can we do to fix this or what do you need (laughs) like (laughs) and I and people appreciate that I think we all appreciate that when someone just owns it and can go to that and I feel like coming around to the business part of it it makes a difference for us where we are under Becks, like we're representing them to have to be able to go to a grower in that sense of it, like, hey, we messed up on this, but to also have the company behind us yeah. saying, yeah, this was not okay. What can we do to fix it? Yeah. And, um, and not just reprimanding you or, yeah, or putting a band aid on it and, yeah. um, just waiting for the next, for the next big thing to come. <laughs> and it just felt like we were a cleanup crew on that end of it. But, I think at the root of it, how we treat people just communicates so much more, whether we're in PT or we're in agriculture or, um, I don't know, I, but that's why we're all here. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But. I think from an employee standpoint too, like it's nice working in a place and for somebody that can like admit to faults and admit to mistakes and be vulnerable and say, I'm not going to get this right every single time. And, you know, I'm going to try to apologize when I don't and try to make it better because that makes me feel more comfortable with knowing I can come here and say, I'm struggling or I'm not having a good day or this isn't working out for me. Um, and I can be open and honest about that and communicate that with like my boss and my coworkers and, know that like I'm still gonna be like loved and accepted and um just helped through situations because if you know the person in authority isn't putting on a face like I don't make any mistakes and I don't do anything wrong and I'm you know doing this perfectly then I don't feel the pressure to be that way either because someone Mm -hmm. can be so Mm -hmm. um I guess from just an employee standpoint too that's been positive for me to know that I don't have to be at a hundred percent all the time and all I have to do is communicate about it when I'm not. Mm -hmm. 
also parallels with parenting. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like, we're there to help lead and guide and do the best that we can with it. But also, we're going to make some big mistakes with kids, um, too. I think about that a lot. Like, not that everyone who works for me are my children. But um, it just reminds me of that, too. Like, I mess up royally with my children sometimes. And they need to see that vulnerability. And it goes against everything that what the old work environment used to be. Because I'll have some older mentors that I've, like, reached out to to be like, okay, if this happened, how do I handle this situation? And it's very much so, like, cut and dry. Like, nope, you just need to be done. It needs to be cut off. Or, like, I don't know. I just have received some not great advice, too, about how the business world used to be, Mm -hmm. to be quite honest. And how bigger businesses used to be um, is that, you know, if a mistake is made, then you're done. Um, Instead of, I've read Clint Pulver does a really good job. I think I've already said his book, but I like it here. Um, he spoke at one of our conferences, talked about like, instead of doing, going that route, you need to like have an open conversation with the person and problem solve. Like, okay, this happened and it was, it was big. Um, or this is happening now. Like, how can we work together to make it better? Mm-hmm. Um, because I think then you both feel defeated in that point. You're like, as a leader you feel defeated and probably as an employee you feel defeated too it's just like well if I make a mistake yeah so Mm -hmm. um I don't know going back to the children thing too like you obviously took on a bigger role at your work how do you feel like you're balancing (laughs) (laughs) balance or juggle (laughs) (laughs) um that was one of the reasons I did it too was it's it's an it's a place where I can bring the kids with me mm-hmm. and they can be a part of it. They're still young where it's like, oh, they'll sweep sweep the shop, sweep the warehouse. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're able to do some stuff together. And Oscar, I mean he works for um the work ethic camp, but he'll come. Like it's a family, like we're all part of it. Mm-hmm. Um and I that was big for me if I was gonna be taking on more responsibility. I wanted to be able to bring the kids along in the journey too. Um, But I don't know. I'm sure you feel this pressure too, but I feel pressure to always be available to the business. And sometimes I feel like the kids take, and Oscar take a back seat to that. Because I feel like if I'm not available, um, they're going to see me as not reliable or, um, weak Mm -hmm. or not as knowledgeable. So I need to be, I need to answer that email right away. I need to answer that text right away. Oh, they're calling at nine o'clock at night. I'm going to answer that. You're like, (laughs) there's very, well, and when you're in the building phase of things, you want to put like, you want to quote unquote hustle. Like you want Mm -hmm. to like put forth your best because you don't want to miss out an opportunity like that's gonna be that should be my word of 2023 is boundaries like is having a boundary because I don't because like I'll answer private messages about patients who are texting I'll come see a patient on a Saturday which I don't mind in certain situations but also like you get on that point of burnout where it's all it's all work all the time and yeah Jeremy and the kids have taken a backseat and I don't know like with your personal training stuff do you feel like Brittany Seth like your husband do you sometimes put work before spending time with him at this point or? Well, sometimes. I mean, 
especially lately, like, he would like me to be over at the farm with him a lot more or helping with cattle or spending weekends with him. And I'm, like, taking a certification course right now. And um, just, like, yeah, between trying to see personal training clients early in the morning or after work, um, sometimes I'm home later, so I don't get as much stuff done around the house. So I guess in that case then now where I used to spend a lot of like weekends with him over there um, and helping him or just spending the day with him doing what he was doing, now I'm like, no, I shouldn't do that because I have my certification course to work on. I have my um, house to even clean because mm -hmm. I don't get it done during the week because I'm getting home later and I'm getting up earlier. So in that sense, yes, um, I'm not spending as much quality time with him as I was before. Yeah. Do you feel like I sometimes, I don't know. I go between feeling guilty and not guilty because I have these dreams and these aspirations and these goals and you do too with your stuff. But it's like, you almost feel a little bit of pressure from society too that like you should really be focused on your family. Like what you do in your home is the most important thing you could ever do. And it's like, well, yeah, but I also want to do this. Do you know what I mean? Like I also have all these dreams and stuff too. I feel like that's been a big pressure thing is like, well, you've sacrificed a lot and you have not given to your family and your kids as much as you probably should. Like, you should probably be a stay-at-home mom and, like, pour everything you have into your kids because that's the most important thing you set out in the world. But then I go back and forth between, like, but what about the people I interact with all day long? What about the people who mm -hmm. are, like, not touched, touched by elevate? That's what I want to say. <laughs> but I mean, like, that are encouraged here, too. Like, I mm -hmm. feel, like, a little bit... And maybe that's just Satan trying to, like, deter where we're headed to. Um, and maybe a little bit of God, too, being, like, you need to find a better balance um, of it. I don't think it'll ever be 50-50 ever. I think it'll depend on seasons of life, yeah. too. Like, because where are your kids at with sport? Are your kids in a busy, crazy season of activities? Or are you in, like, a It kind spot? of goes. Like, it's not... It goes in seasons, because... We have one in white basketball right now and one getting ready to start volleyball and one that, I mean, we did a tennis tournament this weekend and it's just kind of, I don't know. It's, yeah. it, it's a juggle. It's a balance. It's, you want your kids to know that you want to model for them that anything is possible because with God, anything is possible, but with that comes work too. So yeah. like bringing them on the on the journey of what it means to show up and yeah and do your job and do what God's called you to do whatever that may be whether it's stay home have a business and I think that's that's what I struggle with too because I feel like people put we we all do we put people in boxes like this is what's expected mm -hmm. like this is what you need to do and there's no box yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's no manual yeah <laughs> I value that, though, too, like, because our kids, everyone knows Carter will be here at some point in time. The triplets, not so much, but Carter sometimes will sit in the front office and, like, my kids will ask me, too, why do you have to go into work every day? Or, like, if I come in on the weekend, like, why do you have to go in? And I don't know. Yes, it's because I'm trying to make the business succeed, but also, like, I remember my parents always working. Like, my dad worked six days a week, usually, and I don't think I was ever really resentful, but, I, I mean, my parents worked hard. For things and we were middle class we always had what we needed and everything and but we weren't excessive millionaires who had all the crazy things but I saw them work hard for that and I've seen my mom especially work hard too so I think there's value in setting that example um too I don't know 
it's a back and forth for me. It depends on how much the devil is putting oh, yeah. thoughts in my mind about like, you need to take a step back and you're putting too much time into this versus is God wanting me though to, while I have time. Cause my kids, one of them's in YMCA sports right now, which I've missed his games for various things. Not necessarily work, but I mean, I do feel guilty about missing some of his stuff, but I also know I a need time to myself too, but B also need time for the business. Yeah. I don't know. And it's, Teaching them, why are you doing the sport? Doing it just, you know, are you doing it because you love it? Yeah. Too? Are you enjoying it? I don't know, because we've struggled with, this is off topic, but um, going to every single thing of the, we're going to be, we're going to show up when we can for the kids. Yeah. But at the same time, we're teaching them, why are you, yeah, are you doing it for us to come watch you? Like, we will be there to support you, but that shouldn't be the main reason why you do something. So, yeah. Um, one more thing to wrap back around, just like more of a question. So you touched on like how, um, you've heard comments about, oh, I can't go there because they're going to shove Jesus down my throat. So, um, I just wanted to ask like both of you and I can touch on it a little bit too, but what do you think that it means to run like a faith-based Christian-based business then? Like, are we shoving it down people's throats? Are we just living in a way to like set an example for that like what does it mean to run a faith-based business what does that mean to you um I feel like for me when I envisioned Elevate and I was writing down all the things that I wanted it to be the number one thing was like the second you walked through the door like it wasn't sterile like you felt like you walked into somebody's house essentially like you walked in and you felt home and you were welcomed and that no matter what junk you were dealing with or what kind of pain you were in um that we were actually going to sit down and listen to you and listen to what you had to say. And to me, uh, and valuing what you had to say, we may not be able to have all the answers, but to also take into consideration who you are as a person, not the ailment you're walking in the door with. And to me, that's, that's living out the example of being a Christian is that loving unconditionally and truly listening to people and trying to create relationships more so with people. Um, yes, having clinical expertise so that we can help people the best we can and having the knowledge base, using our skills to do that. But number one, that when people came in here, they truly felt cared for. Um, and then they didn't feel like they had to put on a mask or a front and just go through the motions of doing exercises and being iced and then out the door was my, what I overall envisioned of it. Yes. To also feel comfortable to have those conversations if a patient's really struggling, saying, like, do you have a support system? Like, do you have a relationship with Jesus? And if they're not open to it, I'll explain to them why I find comfort in that. And if it goes further than that, great. But if they don't want to hear it, then you still love them and you still treat them well. Like, mm -hmm. it doesn't necessarily have to be, like, here's five Bible verses that I want you to go home and, like, mm -hmm. pray over. Like, or you can also be just praying over that person while they're there, non-vocally, mm -hmm. but in your head just praying over them too, um, that I feel like whatever conversation about God or Jesus or faith comes about is that it, it happens very naturally and it's not forced. And it's, um, a lot of times just very gently brought up. And if it goes further, great. If it's shut down, then you just keep loving them well. Um, so, yeah, no, I think that I've had conversations back and forth of why, 
like, should you have to tell people you're a faith-based business? And shouldn't it just, shouldn't how you treat people and how you do business communicate that? And yes, I think that too. I think if you're a Christian, whatever business you are in, whatever, whatever job you are holding, like, that should be, it's faith-based mm-hmm. because that's who you are. But I think there's something, and whether it's, For me, it's almost kind of a reminder and an accountability of, okay, this is why I'm doing this. Um, It's not just for the paycheck. (laughs) It's what God's called us to in this season. And it's my, it's another avenue for us to serve and love people. Um, But again, with that comes great responsibility Mm -hmm. because it's kind of a check. Like, okay, you're going to put this on it, then your walk better match your talk. And it's not going to be perfect, but like when those things come, when the mess ups come, um, how are we going to go about fixing it mm-hmm. and making it better? And um, yeah, so peacemakers, not just peacekeepers and just how, I don't know, just the basis of how we treat people and love people and how, and if, Yeah. I don't know. I, I, um, why words are hard today. I, um, (laughs) uh, relate with the accountability piece of it too, because, um, and Brittany can kind of relate to like, we exploded exponentially and like in the muddiness of busyness, like there was a weird time where I feel like we kind of lost where like we were heading like a little bit. Mm -hmm. I feel like we got so crazy and so busy and it's just like, that's why during the last couple of staff meetings, we've been like, we need to nail down like exactly what the mission is. Like we have, we know what's inside of our heads and we know what's in my journal and we know all of these words and how we treat people. But like, we need, we need those statements nailed down so that like, if it does get muddy again, where we're so crazy and so busy and we're losing sight of like, okay, we need to either make boundaries or like expand or stay where we're at or stay small, um, that we're looking at, you know, the why of what we're mm-hmm. doing. Um, with that too, though, comes financial responsibility too. Like you can't just be willy nilly and see all the patients for free. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you can't right. just be like, oh, you can't pay for therapy today. Just come all week and, yeah. and you'll be fine. We'll just treat you for free. Like that's, you also have to be financially responsible as well. And with that comes hard decisions or like conversations on like, hey, you need to do this billing different or like we need to have a conversation about only seeing this patient once a week. I mean, you would benefit from three times a week, but I mean... We're going to give you all the tools you need to, but let's just do once a week. Like you have to have, you have to make decisions in that so that for me, it's financial responsibility that same with your home finances. Like you can't just be willy nilly with your home finances. You also have to do things correctly. That aspect too, which comes with hard decisions as well too. Um, but now I lost my train of thought with it. Um, Yeah, the financial business part of it has been hard to to know how to handle things ethically in the way that Jesus tells you to handle your finances with it too. So, because you need you need the that's where I was going with it. Sorry, here we are. We're circling back around. You need to be able to thrive 
in the business aspect so that you can continue on your mission. Because if you're irresponsible with your finances and you're not doing things correctly and you're fraudulent and, you know, you're overusing your resources, then you're going to be out of business. And then there goes the mission and where you were headed. So um, that's where I was going with it. So. Yeah. It's all encompassing. Mm -hmm. It's which it should be (laughs) like that's and everything should be if if we're following Christ, disciples of Christ, like it shouldn't just be when we feel like it. Yeah. So, but that doesn't make it easy. So. Yeah. Okay. Maybe you got anything else? You got any other words of wisdom? No. no. <laughs> Is this your first podcast? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> um. Yeah, so that's it from us today, but hope you were encouraged a little bit. Even if you don't own your own business and you are um, an employee somewhere, hopefully you got some ideas on a how to make an impact in your workplace or even have conversations with your boss too um, about how things are going. I think that's one thing too I learned is that sometimes the bosses don't know what the environment is. Like they don't have a feel of even what what the employees are thinking or how they're feeling. So, um, in a respectful manner, even just communicating with bosses too, because that was one thing when I opened too, it's like, I don't know something's wrong unless I know something's wrong. So, um, I'm not going to be upset if you tell me about something, but I need to know about it Mm -hmm. because I, I can't help get to a better solution if I don't know there's something wrong too. So depending on what your workplace culture is, and if you feel comfortable doing that, I'd encourage you to be brave and just in a respectful way, um, bring up concerns if you feel like something's not being handled um, appropriately. Um, But otherwise, just continuing to show love in your workplace, no matter where it is, um, because that's where we are most of the day, Mm -hmm. um, if you're full-time. I think that's huge, because I just... I had seen something that was going on, and I sent an email and um, just to share kind of a different point of view and I thought oh this is going to get why did I do that why did I say anything this is not going to go well they're probably going to be mad I said something and it was the response was I'm so glad you said that we would have never thought about that and Mm -hmm. we're really sorry that this happened this way there's nothing we can't fix it now but because you said something it will be different in the future yeah and that was huge for me. So even if you have said something and gotten met with defensiveness or like, nah, it's not, don't stop saying mm-hmm. something. That's yeah. part of peacemaking yeah, and not just peacekeeping. Yeah. So, And I, I think, too, it needs to come from a place of respect. Yeah. Oh, um, definitely. Very much a respect and humility and not, um, and constructive. Yeah. Um, not just complaining about something mm-hmm. and playing victim either. Um I think that will go a long way as well. And you'll probably still, some people will still have the bosses that will always say, sure, whatever, and no changes will come of it. But at least you tried, (laughs) honestly. At least you did your due diligence of doing what was right. Yep. So. Yep. Okay. Well, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. (laughs) 